Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our team-by-team analysis, the Sydney Swans, Chris. Yeah, we've got um, quite a lot to get through with Sydney just on the, yeah, generally on the rookie front. There's a lot of relevancy there this season. So I am looking forward to go through the Swannies. And uh, what you been up to since we last recorded yesterday? Uh, I've just been smashing out a few – oh, well, obviously the Mr. stuff. I'm not going to talk about that today with the <laughs> – that uh, was a big day of that. And uh, just in the last hour or so, been smashing out some uh, Keeper League trades and getting some good value there. So He has been. Yeah, why not? He's um, all active and shit. Before we go any further, though, Chris, let's hit these socials. Let's go Supercoach Insider. So it's SC Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all of the major audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitch – is it Stitcher? Stitcher? I don't know. You, you're much better when you've written them down and then you... No, you know, I, you know what? I'm never going to say <laughs> Stitcher again because it's close to Twitch, right? Okay, so right. let's just well, stick with that. Well, the big ones are just iTunes and um, Google Podcast and Google Podcast. That's it. For That's sure. And know. on the YouTube, on the line, search for a Supercoach Insider. Hey all. Thank you for a lot of the comments that have been coming in and a lot of the positive feedback as well. We really do appreciate it. By and the way, rate and shit. Put your ratings up. Yeah. Just give get us some, in there. Just say the best. Unless you're a lucky hunter, in which case we don't want you rating. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's earned his ratings now, Chris. He just goes from like website to website just giving us a one star. I think we can forgive Lockie Hunter, but we can't forgive Dane Rampy. Fuck you, Dane Rampy. <laughs> this is the FU Rampy podcast. Rampy's there just like. It is. He's like, what have I done? Just step on my head when I'm drowning. What a, what a great friend. I mean, what? John, this is completely against the rules. That's class. That is a, that's classic Rampy. He loves that. He um, does, Chris. On, on the no sugar drinks as well again today. I love it. Yeah, thirsty business. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, we have had a couple of questions as well. We are looking at doing so. People are asking us, Chris, whether you know we're going to uh, accept questions on people's teams, and I'm like, yes, for sure. We'll do probably some like live stream. We will. We'll do a live Twitch stream closer to the season. Closer sure. to the season, but it's so far out. We don't even know who, which rookies are playing, let alone what structure we can actually be happy with. So at this at this point, yeah, there's no real point taking people underestimate many questions. the amount or lack thereof rookies this year, and we're not going to know until the final week, really, to be completely honest. And again, confirmed today, you won't know who's playing until the day before they play. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, uh, we It's been out there for a while. Yeah, yeah, like yeah this but, was a month ago, wasn't it, that they announced this rule change? So Yeah, but people got a little bit confused or they missed the news. Um, yeah, even more so scary this yeah. year based on- I feel like too many people have been getting on the beers, 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 beers. They've been getting oh. on the beers. And Andrews. Oh, shout out to anyone who oh, probably by this comes by the time this comes out, they would have finished the lockdown, I imagine. But shout out to all the Victoria folks as well, doing it tough again. Just hang in there. Yeah, it's um, it's shit. It's it's bloody shit. Yeah, we went through a um a little what a three or four day one, and it seems like the the new system is anything at all that comes up, lock down everything for three four days. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. That's Dan Andrews. <laughs> And then everyone's there just so bored. Wait a minute. I thought we were stuck in the blender. Now we're saving lives? Yeah, we are. What? Going delirious, saving Loving lives. It. Loving it. All right. Well, let's get into the rookies then, I suppose. Um, and we'll go. They did have some really high picks. Um, first one was uh, Logan McDonald. So, obviously, he's 
Um, uh, you know, right up there with Eagle Hagen as arguably the best uh, big man of the draft. Um, he's 196 centimetres and 86 kilos, and he is expensive as fuck. Um, he is, I think, 207K. Oof. I No, no, he wouldn't be that much. 189 is yeah, he the one? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the, there's good news and bad news about Logan McDonald, and let's go with the good news. The good news is with Franklin never, ever fit, there's a likely chance he probably plays round one. However... Horse has already said, come out and said, uh, we can't expect him to sort of carry that load the entire season. So there's no way he's going to be playing all the time, but I think it's highly likely that he does play round one. However, there was an article today, was it today or yesterday that came out um, and someone was talking about the fact that Franklin actually might be right for round one. So who knows where that puts Logan McDonald in terms of the scheme of things. But as of right now, I'm saying that he is playing round one. Now, key forwards and high cost um, and low draft picks very rarely work. They can work, but it's very, very rare, right? Yeah, if they have a good um, super coach position. So you might find some defenders, if they get a good role, they can score well, or midfielders that actually get a lot of time in the midfield can do really well as well. Yeah. I mean, look, what we do know about um, Logan McDonald, he's, he's a very good goal kicker in terms of ac- goal kicking accuracy. He's got high endurance, so he obviously can run all day. Um, very, very good mark and, and in terms of his strength in one-on-one marking. And partially because of his size, obviously at junior level, he was just dominating. Um, but he's, he's by foot, uh, ball use by foot is also really, really good. So um, definitely one he's going to be, a, if he doesn't get injured, he'll be a 200-game player. I can see that a mile away and most people can. Yeah, he was one, um, 193, Chris. I was thinking of um, Braden Campbell at 189. Oh, uh, yes. Well, um, segue. that is a good segue actually because the one, if you've got to spend money on a forward in Supercoach, uh, that plays for Sydney Swans should be Braden Campbell. And he was taking the next pick. Now, Braden Campbell um, and Errol Golden, both of them were academy picks. Um, so they didn't obviously have pick five, but he was bid on by the Hawks and they had to jump on him. There was he was rumored to go top ten regardless, but he's an absolute jet. This kid is a jet. Uh, every time anyone talks about Braden Campbell, they literally can't stop harping on about his skills by foot. He's apparently just the most accurate uh, kick, definitely in this draft and potentially for the last couple of drafts in terms of his uh, kicking ability. So write that down. Write that down definitely. Um, he's 189K, but he's listed as a forward and horses come out again and said it's likely that he actually starts behind the ball, which is much better for Supercoach. Um, is he available for round one? I think there's a spot there. I think he can play round one. It's going to be questionable and it might be one that you just have to get the cash for him. Yeah, I do agree. Um, well, you're looking at, um, was it Gray from Port Adelaide who came across? You're looking at Louis Taylor, Squizzy Taylor. They're guys that could easily be pushed out at 22, and they were yeah. kind of already fringed anyway. So I think there is definitely some um, roles that are available in that side. Yeah. Um, the question marks are going to be, so there's, because obviously he's starting behind the ball, he's even been touted as a kick-out taker, which isn't going to, I don't know how that's going to go with Jakey Lloyd back there. Um, but it, it would be nice to take a little bit of pressure off Lloyd for Sydney, not for us super coaches, um, where you've got another elite user behind the ball. So um, just a little bit more about him. He's 181 centimetres and 75 kilos. Uh, so, yeah, definitely that, that, that small. He's got what a... What um, doing? I never know what she's doing. <laughs> I never know what he's there. doing. 
Um, but realistically, he's also very – he can play wing. If it, I mean, even though he's only 181, because of his elite ball use inside 50, uh, a lot of the time they, they want him kicking that ball as that designated kicker. At AFL level, that's typically reserved for those halfback flankers that get high up the ground um, and not necessarily on a wing and moving up and back. But, uh, yeah, it'll be – I really, really like him. I'm not sure what his scope is in terms of his scoring potential, but I think he's got really good job security early. So, um, yeah, one definitely one to watch in the preseason and see how we go. Yeah, I agree. And for me, he's definitely someone in keeper leagues you should be looking at fairly early. I think his potential in the long run oh, is quite high compared to some others. Yeah, and because the role that he's always going to get means that he's always going to be a super coach relevant player. So being a designated kicker, taking kickouts, things like that, always really, really good in super coach. So, um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on in keeper leagues. Uh, the other one also who has a potential to actually debut, I'm serious, there could be three brand-new debutants from last year's draft from the Sydney Swans, and that's Errol Golden. And uh, he was taken at pick 35, I believe. Let me just double the 32, sorry. Another academy pick. Um, so they'd have him on the radar for quite a while. He's 175 centimetres and 75 kilos, so he needs some meatloaf. Um, but he's just a, in terms of a, a, definitely a full package style, style player, can play all over the ground, um, but he just ticks all the boxes. Um, speed, agility, um, footy IQ, vision. Um, he's very good inside, can play outside. He's got, um, uh, I'd say in terms of his ability in AFL level, he'll likely be playing forward. And Swans have a lot of those guys that will just rotate through. So you've got guys like Wicks and guys like, you know, all these guys that have been, you know, trialing out in the forward line for the last few years. There's not really one that's really grabbed that and said, yep, that's going to be my role. And I think that he can come in and do that. So Is it um, Golden? Golden? I don't know how to pronounce it. Don't ask me, mate. I'm calling him Golden because I think the future is bright for this one. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Um, but look, they've, they've had him on their plans for years and, um, he's been developing at the Swans Academy and so they were always going to pick him and they love him over there. So, uh, definitely one to watch is Errol Golden. Keep an eye out, especially in the, um, preseason game. Apparently he's smashing it in the, in the, um, inch clubs and um, we'll see how that goes. The only other two that they got, um, was Maliki Carruthers. They, these guys are both rookies, um, 185 centimeters and 72 kilos. Um, he's a medium defender. He's a, obviously a halfback with uh, a penetrative kick, you know. Um, as a rookie, I can't imagine him getting much game time this season, but he's definitely going to be one that they can develop. And the other one is Mark Sheeter, uh, 185 centimetres and 84 kilos. Um, so, yeah, watch out for these guys if they make a splash, but I think they've just got so oh, much. Oh, oh Sheeter making a splash. Sheeter bed. <laughs> That's <laughs> She the bed. I love that you've just come in for some just random. That's all I've here. got, man. I'm looking at people's names. What are, they have some messed up names. Um. So yeah, they're, they're, those two are guys that uh you you'll want to just keep an eye on. I, the Swans have so much young talent, like high draft pick talent, that they need to try and get games into. So these rookie guys, you know, unless they're going to come in and make an immediate impact, uh, you know, as a mature age player or or something similar, I just don't see that there's a as a chance for them to break into that list. Um especially with guys like, you know, Hewitt coming back or maybe coming back, um, Franklin if he's coming back, you know, all these guys that, uh, you know, are technically senior players that should have a guaranteed 22 spot, where are they now? Um, and that's something that's, um, 
yeah, a little bit questionable at this stage. Um, now, I want to go through a couple of other things, unless you've got something that you want to touch on first. No, oh, I was just going to say a quick pro quo is quick that quo. Hewitt is going to play. Okay. Yes. Do, do you know that for sure? Because um, I'm not positive. George is going really well. He had a back injury and surgery at the end of last year, which he's overcome well. He's done a lot of the work in the off-season. Bang. Bang. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about a guy that wasn't drafted this year that was drafted last year, and that's Will Gould, and I think he's on everyone's radar. Um, there's everything that's awesome about um, what you want to hear, and then it it sort of drops off a little bit. So, again, a press conference came out talking about Will Gould and saying that you know how they want to play him is as an intercepting defender. Tick. He's obviously a big-bodied guy, and he was huge even when he first got drafted. Um, can use the ball well, um, but a lot of people don't see him in round one contention, even though they've had these really good comments about him. So I'm reserved on Will Gould, but I really hope he starts because we're really lacking those defensive rookies. Yep. And we wanted him all last season and didn't get him, and he's going to play some stage this year. I just can't see it being round one, and it kind of makes me nervous because I think he's in like most people's squads. So when do they play their first game? Are they early up or are they on the back end? Because there'd be nothing worse than having him in your side, not being able to put him to another rookie. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you can. You look at the. Um, uh, okay, the so they're playing s- Saturday. So there's at least three games after them. Port Adelaide as well. So if you have Gould and also have um, that Port Adelaide one thirty nine k guy. Saints as well play after uh, like that. Giants, yep. Giants as well. Gee, so at least at least they're well, playing Saturday night. So you'll get a, a look. What we've in. had, what we've had the last few years is that the clubs announce it during the week so that the, you know everyone can For get around them. And yeah, exactly right. So I don't think we're gonna have a like people say it's a problem. And like the only time it was really a problem last year was when Dev Robertson was a late in. You know that it, that's generally not going to happen. So. I don't think we're going to not find out about rookies before the end of round one. Like, okay, so round one's good, but then after that, they could be dropped at any point. Oh yeah, but before it, they play, and I have really low um, confidence in the fact that the job security of all of these rookies is going to be really good because there's not going to be enough to identify which ones have good job security, which ones don't, and which ones you should be spending more money on. And if you're not the type of person that wants to look every evening to make sure all your players are playing and checking laid outs and all the rest of it all the time, then maybe mid price might actually be your kind of cup of tea this year. Yeah. Fair enough. Depends on the time you have. Now I just want to um, just go through and highlight another couple of rookies that um, outside of Will Gould that you could have a look at. Uh, Matthew Ling obviously played three games last year, only averaged a 30, but he yeah, was touted as have, being a really, really good pick. Um, yeah, I think it was what three years ago when he got drafted. Yeah, he was meant to have speed and pace and everything to yeah, help. Yeah, and I don't know, he just hasn't come through, but he's only 163k um, this year as well. So I, I don't think he's starting round one in the slightest. I don't think he's anywhere near the 22 right now, but um, he could be useful during the season. Um, also, um, if you if we move to the ruck, Tom Hickey's actually 261k, so just outside of what we would call rookie money. Um, but I think he will be the number one ruck there at Sydney. So definitely one, if you're not going through, so you want something different, you could look at a Tom Hickey. Um, you could also see him as a backup. So let's say we get to round three, Bruce gets injured or taken out for whatever reason, Tom Hickey's there for 40K cheaper. So there is some sort of backup there, which does help those guys going for Bruce. 
Yeah. Um, and last one, Chad Warner. Um, he played two games last year, only averaged at 33, but he's still 144K. And he's one of those guys I spoke about earlier that's just been rotating a little bit in and out of the side um, and hasn't really had a chance to really prove himself yet. So um, he was with that guy that – was he the guy that were like, oh, yeah, we want him to go a little bit softer at the ball? Yes. That was Chad Warner. So, yeah, they, they do have a lot gave, of these guys coming through. They but gave we just Warner, Warner a warning. <laughs> Probably. Um, and now this uh, this 22, I have to give a shout-out to uh, one of the guys in Slack, Cormac. Um, he actually helped me out with this. I was struggling and I look, cause I look at their list at Sydney and I go, how the hell do they get 22 out of those guys? Because there's so many guys that they're developing. It's really hard to nail down everyone to a spot in the 22. So I got a little bit of help out of this. So, um, we've got from the back line, we've got Fox, Melican and McCartan, um, Dawson, Rampy and Lloyd, your, your boy, your boy Rampy. Uh, Florent, JPK, and Blakey. So Blakey's actually been told that he's playing on a wing and has spent all the intra-clubs playing on the win, which is good for him because he sucked up forward, I'll be honest. Um, and but, your your boy uh, Dawson there, Chris. Yeah, Dawson. Well, he was good behind the ball, but then he, he, was, he was a strange one last year, wasn't he? He sort of went like this and then went like this and then went like this and then went like this. Like your, hopes, like your hopes in the bet, Chris. Exactly like my hopes in the bet. Um, on the half forward line, we've got Bell, uh, Sam Reed, and Isaac Heaney. Heaney looks like he's coming good, but we'll talk a little bit more about Heaney in the normal section. Uh, Papley, McDonald. So we've named McDonald at full forward here and Golden in the other pocket. So we've got two of those guys. Um, in the ruck, Hickey, Parker, and Rowbottom. And then uh, from the bench, we've got Campbell, um, Cunningham, and Wicks. Um, and then you've got really a splattering of who do you want to throw in there. So... Uh, Haywood is probably the one that I would go with. Um, he's been a, a bit of a stalwart there, but they've also got Dylan Stevens, who's obviously they want to try and get some games into Chad Warner, as we said. Um, McLean is an option if they don't want to go with McDonald. And then, of course, Franklin, like where's that at? So there, And then Hewitt. So if you say that Hewitt is going to be starting round one. Well, he's fit. That's what I was getting at. I'd love, I'd love that to be the case. I, I actually really rate Hewitt, and I was huge on him for like years. And then he just dropped off a map. And I think he was hit by COVID last year. Um, his wife was pregnant. Like they d- didn't want to take the risk in the bubble. Like there was a, a lot of different things happening there. See, that's interesting. I think even Stevens could kind of hit that wing a little bit, and uh, Florent could even come in off the bench and play a variety of roles. Ooh, I it's really gonna like be a- Florent. I really like Florent. He's I such a tease, though. Florent. Stevens did nothing last year. No, it was first year. He still yeah, averaged like, and 60. he did nothing. You know how many first year players actually make an impact? It's because he was outside. He was outside. Player. I know. It, That's why. I know, and like, I've got to give him more time. But last year, he was on less than average, is what I'm going to say. Um, shout out to Zane as well, Zane. If you're out there, mate, um, let us know what you think. And on this 22, I know you're a big Swans fan, so you're probably tuning in on this one, Zane. So if you yep. have tuned in, like I think you will, shout out to you, mate. Let us know your thoughts on the 22. So, as as you as I just highlighted there, where does Gould fit into that mix? Because if you've got Campbell coming off the bench, there's your seventh defender. Well, Gould could replace a Fox or a McCartan. That's Dawson. Yeah, Dawson could play forward like he has. He's switched True. in and out. So, so what they would have to do is, and look, I, I thought that I think that Fox has been serviceable, I, and he can he can really hit big and then go quiet. But I think Fox has been really good. Um, McCartan, obviously, he does get injured quite frequently, so he may be in and out of that twenty-two as well. 
But I think for starting round one, I just can't see it. I can see it during the season. I can see an op- opportunity arising and him coming in. I just can't see it round one and I'm worried about it. Anyway, just th- that's that's my thoughts. So take it with a grain of salt if you want it. But, yeah, I just can't see Gould, unfortunately, getting a gig. Fair enough. Very, very, very uh, in-depth and comprehensive there, Chris. That was a long-winded way to spend most of the podcast talking about rookies and 22. You're welcome. Well, it, Everyone's here to find out about draft relevance. It's pot- the actually, Lloyd podcast. Four potential. They've got four potential round one deb- debutants, and you're like, oh, no, I want to talk about Jake Lloyd that we've talked about for 700 hours before. Yes. Yeah. And see, people respect this because <laughs> I talk a little quicker and we get shit done, don't we, crowd? Uh, first one, Jake Lloyd. Let's the, hit these. The crowd goes wild. Let's hit these premiums, yeah. That's not a crowd going wild. No, I thought you, you were just, telling You were just reaching. You, re, you were like, reach for the sky. I thought you were telling a joke. Um, okay, so Jake Lloyd, first off the premium, 656K defender. He is extremely expensive, which is why a lot of people are looking at the cheaper options now. It's easy when you think 656K, I can save myself close to 100,000. I can get uh, laid in my side. And it is kind of a nice serviceable option that people are taking. They're banking that 100K. Now, this is the the warning. I did a bit of digging yesterday. So he averaged 122.2 last year. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, but the inflated scoring. and Which is true. It is true. And I was one of those people. And But then you start to have a look at the back end of his 2018, the start of his 2019 over a 27-game period, he actually averaged 120. So it's definitely within his scope. It's not unrealistic that he can run a game. We're talking 27 games. That's a season and a quarter at 120 average prior to 2020. So I still think that there's quite a bit of value there. Now, when we look at his his last 54 games, so we're going back a little while now. So it's from um, where are we looking at? So I think the first part of 20. 18, I think it was. So the last 54 games from that point, he so his last 54 games, he's had nine scores under 100, right? So that means that he has, and only twice he's gone under 83 and only once under 77 in his last 54 games. Yeah. 45 of those are tons. Yeah. I he, mean, I think everyone knows how good Jake Lloyd is. What people are trying to justify is can I start without him? And every time someone starts without Jake Lloyd, not only does a fairy lose its wings, it does, um, you literally spend the entire season trying to get him and you can't because he's, he's so consistent, he doesn't drop in price. Yeah. Like he might be 590 at best. Yeah. Or he if pay the 60K and just get in from ground one. I don't get why you don't start with Jake Lloyd. It doesn't make any sense to me. He goes under 100 in only, I think it's, oh, what is it, 16%, 16% of games, something like that. So you're relying on him going under 100 and multiple times. So you're basically relying on luck that he is going to have a couple of bad games and drop in price early and then you're going to jump on him. That's what you're hoping. You're literally hoping for luck that he's going to be cheap enough and you're going to have the cash to get him in. Now, I will say I will say the one thing in defense for those not trying to start him is that usually in most years the defense line has Jake Lloyd and then a huge gap between one and two and then whoever's in second. This year it looks like there's quite a few guys that can hit that 110 average. So I'm talking about someone like a Rory Laird um, or a Lockie Whitfield if he's actually fit. Um, I think that there are guys that can – if not match him for average, go close. Yep. The problem is most people are getting all of them. 
Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'll start Laird instead of at Lloyd. Yeah, but everyone's starting Lloyd and Laird. So now you're just screwed. Yeah, I think Lloyd's about 50% owned as well. So I think you it's one that I think if you – Oh, it's, it's going to hurt. I think you're going to have to jump on because now – so It's going to be like – So out of that last 54 games, 45 tonnes, only nine of those between 100 and 109. 12 were between 110 and 119. Eight of those, 120 to 129. Eight again from 130 to 139. Six from 140 to 149 and two over 150. So what that means, Chris, is – Lloyd went 110 or more in two-thirds of his games, exactly 66.6. So every two out of every three games, he goes over 110. Yep. He has a 44% chance of re- reaching his average in each game. So his 120 average, mm-hmm. he will reach that average. He will score 120-plus in 44% of games. Okay. Now, if let's say, for example, Braden Campbell does take some kickouts, how much do you think it impacts his score negatively? Oh, you'd say five to ten. Max? Yeah. How much do you think he gains from the extra five metres that the man on the mark's back? Yeah, but if he's inflated, I think he probably hovers around that sort of 115 maybe. He probably still loses average, I think, because he was inflated. But if he gets the kick out. Wasn't he, what was he, 122 or something last year? Yeah, 122.2, something like that. Okay, well. He, he probably looking, holds a looking, bit more. Looking realistically, does Lloyd average less than 110? No. Oh, I can't see it. So would you pay six fifty for one of the only three guys capable of averaging 110 defense? Yep. Uh, that just doesn't – it doesn't make sense not to pay it. Or well, four guys if you include McDonald. Don't don't stiff your boy. Yeah, but I think he's – It's a reach. It, yep. I don't think it's a reach. I think he can do it. Um, but, again, I think most people will start. Yep. With someone at 500K that can average your 110. So you're paying for consistency. He goes over 100 in 83.4% of those games. You're paying for a lock. Yep. It's not a question mark. It's going to happen. Just pay the money. Yeah, he just It's chips. the same reason why you get Lockie Neal. It's the same reason why you get Clayton Oliver. Like these guys that are consistent, they don't miss games and they score points. You just got to get them. Simple. Yeah, simples. Next one, uh, Luke Parker, 571K, uh, not the – he's kind of the, that next tier, so realistically probably a little too much for anything like that. I think you need to go for the other premiums and spend that extra 40K for even a titch realistically, Chris. Yep, I completely agree with you. Too expensive I, there. I think he's in that bracket of uh, there's a chance he can go 110. There's also a chance he can go 98. So why why spend the money? Yep. We'll, we'll touch on him in a second anyway. Um, Callum Mills, some people are thinking about 544K. He's a defender only. Coach said he'll be playing more mid-time in 2021. He also did a couple of run-with roles, though, in 2020. He ran with Bontepelli and Gray. He averaged 103 in the last five rounds. He had 800s, including a 119 and a 173. But he is 24 years old, so he has a lot of scope to improve. I mean, here's the thing with Callum Mills. Do I think he's going to be playing majority midfield this year instead of defense? I do. I absolutely do believe that that's a thing. Uh, he's 540K, 4K now, so he's now not value. Nope. At that price, I for 20K more, I can get Lloyd for a guaranteed, what, 105 Laird. plus? I'd, sorry, Laird for yep. a one. Like, why would I go to Mills on a risk? Like, it's, it's a risk to go to Mills to do that. And he might be, what, are we saying 110, like, cap, ceiling? Yeah, if anything, he's probably more like a 105 kind of guy or 100. But he seems that way. We don't know. No. So why do it? It's, it's a year where you've got three guys that are like dead set ahead of the pack in defense. They're all around that price outside of Lloyd. I just don't think you take the chance on a Mills 
to maybe get you a, a 110. Yep, I agree. Next one, another spoken about gentleman, Isaac Heaney, 454K, a really, really, really good price point. He averaged 94 from six games only, which is why you get the discount. Uh, he was still coming back from the surgery on his ankle. So this is at the start of the year. So he was working up, doing some running, working well with his trying to work up the agility and the speed. And he was on a similar trajectory to Lance Franklin, except, you know, he actually Lance Franklin had a setback. Correct. Yep. Franklin had a setback. So um, Henny didn't really stumble on that. He did play a little bit of the uh, match simulation. He did. And he looked, he looked clean, good. though. He did look good. He but good. early days, right, don't get too excited, but early days. And he is someone who could be a top six to top ten forward. He's already – I think he's already like 14th uh, highest average anyway. Until so he gets consistent midfield time, Yep, he's going to hover around that top six to top ten forward, and that's fine. And I think that could be until um, – was it McDonald? Logan McDonald comes yep. in and he takes a bit more of that forward. Maybe you look at um, JPK once he gets too old and he's out. So I think Heaney then takes that step up and he, him and Parker are the main ones in there with Mills. Well, 90% of the reason why he's played so much forward the last few years is because Franklin hasn't played. Yep. And it's every time Franklin comes back, he pushes more into the midfield. Franklin, Reed, Absolutely. Yep. Those guys are completely unreliable. He's had to be the number one target down there. Now, do what I think is a good pick without being a great pick. I don't think he's a must-have because I don't think he's going to average much more than I'd say 100 flat would be his ceiling right now. So, yep. I, but And enjoy the ride. It's probably like what, like 92? Enjoy the ride though. Yeah, he goes big up games and, and small games. Enjoy the ride. He loves that. Um, and or getting injured in for and off the ground for a quarter and a half just because he rolled his ankle or something stupid. He loves that. Hey, come on, he looks good. Don't don't mock the man. Let- he does look good when he does as he's rolling his ankle towards the ground. He looks great. Can yeah? He's like, <laughs> oh, can someone perhaps hand me a band aid or and- some antiseptic cream? <laughs> I am very badly burnt. I'm very badly burnt. <laughs> um, oh, my leg is broken. Ah. That is, when a problem a comes along, you must zip it. Good, zip it. Zip it. Good. Um, yeah, so Henny there. Now, Frank- as he's falling to the ground, his hair's just like waving. <laughs> Sorry, that was that joke was funnier in my head. Yes. Uh, Lance Franklin, 312K. Now, he is a good price point, which is why some people are interested. Uh, originally, I was kind of interested, but then I feel like Danaher and Zebel are cheaper, and they could probably still make you know chip away. I can't from that believe I'm about stone. to say this, but um, Danaher is a has a more reliable body than oh, Lance Franklin. Oh, oh <laughs> break that down! You did not just do that, <laughs> Jesus! Wow, yeah. well, that's that's saying something. Wow, like, wow, wow! He cannot run for two weeks without having a calf complaint. Like he must be the most expensive. Regular at the hospital. I've never, I've ever seen. How much? How, how many days do you reckon he's spent in rehab in the last three years? Are we and talking how- about for his coke addiction or the other thing, <laughs> or his injuries? Right. I mean, yeah, the the injuries. Sorry, that's uh, on the nose. <laughs> but um. Um. Anyway, so Franklin, uh, it's interesting. So he was tracking well. He was trying to incre- increase his running. Had a setback, and apparently they talked it down. Like, oh, just you know, a bit of calf tightness, etc. But he was someone people were interested in and it's funny because on our top 10 podcast, I think it was last year before he kind of went downhill, I was the one saying that Franklin's going to pull a uh, Goddard and I feel like he wasn't going to be top 10. And everyone's like, oh, how can you say a con- constant 100 performer? That was two years, two years ago. ago. Well, it's still there, still relevant. Jesus. And he's been nothing since, correct? He literally hasn't played since. Yeah. Has he played at all? Well, Did he play at all last year? You're <laughs> welcome. He did not play at all last year. 
I miss I miss Franklin. Remember I the, the year Franklin before he came on the field, he the went field. off, came on the field and tried to run too quick and then, then they started complaining that he was off too long and they couldn't get him on the field and then he tried to run to the forward line and then pulled a, a hammy or something. Quad. Right. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. Um, so, look, yeah, leave him alone. Yep, I agree. I, I The only value that he has is if he plays – Halfway through the season, you get to see him for two games and see if he's worth bringing in as like a, I only have 300K for my last upgrade. I'm going to take a punt on Franklin to bring it home. That's literally the only reason why you have him in your team this year. You're welcome. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's kind of the, apart from Hickey you spoke about now, Hickey uh, is definitely uh, standard relevant. Uh, the, The coach came out saying that at this point, I think, I honestly think Hickey's probably the number one ruck because- I do as well. He's he's as as shit as Tom Hickey is. He's better than he's Sinclair. A better run, ruckman than Sinclair, but yep. Sinclair can play forward. So what they've been discussing is: Are they playing Sinclair just Sinclair and get a chop out because they've got you know tools that can offer that chop out now, or do they go completely with um, a two ruck system and play Sinclair and Hickey? Yeah. So um, they're trying to see if both of them will fit. So definitely keep an eye out is, on H- that. Hickey can't play forward. No, he's he a terrible forward. Well, I think if, if Reed and Franklin and everyone's up and running, then it looks fine. Yep. But the second someone is down, then I think that yeah, Sinclair has to play forward anyway. And like Hickey's not that bad. I, I don't people hate Hickey for some reason, but when I watch him, he's always cleaned someone up. Remember we went through that season of he was really good at negating all the top ruckmen and stuff? Like, I don't know. I, I don't think Hickey's as bad as everyone says. Anyway, this is my opinion. Hickey can definitely leave a mark, Chris. <laughs> I definitely deserved a button. Well uh, done. Well um, done. Okay, so now we're going into draft relevance because they do have quite a lot of draft relevant players. They do. Um, Parker. Now, one thing I do want to touch on is because we've already spoken about his price. He has played 104 out of 105 the last five seasons, so he is very durable, even though he got knocked out that one time. 12 100s in 2020, including 7 120 scores. So he actually went extremely large. Now, the kicker is he went 121 in wins versus 100 in losses. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of not a great sign unless you think that, you know, Sydney are actually on the up and up. And once again, though, he averages less when JPK plays. But that's about it. But he averages less when JPK plays. So he averaged 103.5 with JPK, 113 without. And that was this year. Then last year, he averaged 100 with JPK and 133 without. You know, JPK seems a lot older than 31. <laughs> how is he? He still, looks good for a 31 year old. Still going around, Jesus. He looks like that at 31, and he looks like he's pushing 35s, and we're like 35, and we're looking like we're. <laughs> yeah, here we are complaining. He's four years younger than me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Yep. Um. Yeah. Look, these guys are always going to be good to round out your midfield in, but they're not someone you build your midfield on in draft. Not for no. I, I wouldn't take. No. Parker at 106 anyway. And JPK. There's someone if they slide enough, you're like, yeah, they'll do a role for you and you're happy with that. Um, Parker 29 as well in 2021. So Same with Rampy, right? You wouldn't just target a Rampy, but you'd, you'd no, pick him up if he came to you and you're like, ah, oh, I need a defender. If He could be reliable for a 90. If know? Rampy slides. How did Rampy end up averaging 91 this year? I don't get it. Because he's the GOAT, bro. No. <laughs> he was definitely disappointing now. Rampy had an operation when he got back from the hub. Obviously, didn't play the back end of 2020, which was disappointing for him and the club. Apparently, his hand has healed well. He's back training now and doing everything. He scored a. Now, this is the issue. We spoke about this in another pod. He scored 32 yep. on Ben Brown. He scored 65 on Max King. He scored 65 on Mircek. Yep. But then he has Mircek. great. 
Yeah, check. But he has great games when he's he's left off off the hook. He scores a hundred highs of one twenty, one thirty nine, one forty, one forty nine. He goes from super coach friendly to lockdown whenever it suits the club, and it's good for draft in a sense where he can get you a higher game. But just know that he could also cost you a game, so you kind of get what you pay for. I think with the emergence of some of the players that they've got coming through, I'd see a lot more Dane Rampy lockdown rather than. Um, like they need the, and they rather than the free running intercepting defender because they've got those guys coming through. They've got the Braden Campbell. They've got the Will Gould. Those guys are going to be playing those roles, and I think you'll see Dane Rampy play a more accountable position moving forward. Just my opinion. But. Yeah, no, I, I do agree, and he'll occasionally do well, but that's about it. Um, Jordan Dawson. Now this is one eighty-five point four. Chris, not near the hundred average of Mills. Not quite as bad as saying, you know, Petrarca's not going to average more than Devin Smith. But no, yeah, half, I had a parlay. That bet didn't even happen. It didn't happen. It, it was removed from I, the – I felt bad. From the notes. Yeah, I felt bad. The bylaws. Um, <laughs> now, Dawson averaged 99 from round 10. He switched between defense and the forward line. Mills moving into the forward uh, – into the midfield could actually increase, I feel, his – Average in 2021, he is a draft smoky for me. Well, part of the reason why I've said that um, that Rampy will play more lockdown is because with Mills not being able to play lockdown, someone's going to have to do it. Now, Mills was playing typically a little bit smaller, but Rampy's a size that can play small or tall. So I think Rampy goes to that more lockdown. It does free up a guy like Dawson to be able to do that. The problem is where's Dawson playing? Is he playing in defense? Is he playing on a wing? Is he playing half forward? He really hasn't locked down a role at this stage and they probably don't even know with the guys coming in is that going to be where Dawson plays yeah Gould Gould could come out and start in that defensive line then if he doesn't perform then it's like well Dawson you're back there and then oh now we need you forward because you know Heaney's going to spend more time in that midfield because we've got a jacked forward line and then yeah so I do agree you can't 100% say this is his role this is his output because we don't know what he's going to do but he's a great – he's a very, very good user of the football. So if he does get a roll, he can score really big. you just got to watch him. It's not something that I can just back 100%. So, yeah. yeah. No, I definitely do rate him. Don't trust him near a creek though. <laughs> Why? It's a 2000 reference, Chris. Dawson Creek. Um, <laughs> Tom Papley, geez, Perth. 2000 reference. Uh, it's before they know. Creek? I don't even know. 1993? I don't know. Back when it was strictly R&B. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Chris, it's like Perth over here. You're two hours behind, mate. Catch up. <laughs> um, Tom Papley. Now, I don't want Here's another draft smoky for me, Papley. Now, Papley averaged uh, a lot better in previous years. So when you look at um, – Chris was quite big on him early on. If I, I don't. Could. I don't mind Papa's in draft because he can he can sneak in a few goals, but he, he was also getting sneaking in a little bit of midfield time here and there. And I just don't see that happening this year. I think he's good. Did he? He didn't resign, did he? Uh, no, he did resign because he wanted to get out of the club, and then he did but resign. He, no, he asked for a trade, but his his contract's not up yet, right? Oh, something like that. Yeah, I think that his contract was extended, and then he couldn't get a trade because it was too deep or something. And then he decided yeah. to not ask for a trade. That's what he did. So is he gone next year or? No, he didn't ask for a trade last year. So I guess we'll wait and see. Um, the old wait and see. So I oh know it's a little draft smoky. So Papley had uh, a little bit of knee surgery in the off season, a bit of cleaning up around there, had a delayed start, but he was back running in the start of this year. Uh, he's someone who averaged uh, a lot less, I think, with all these other forwards out of the team. I think Papley, he started off on fire. He started off really well. However, 
the competition kind of caught him a little bit after that point and he was the only focal point down there. Yeah, and you know, as a small forward that can move into the midfield, he's going to score well. As the only forward kicking goals, that's not a good thing. No. So um, he averaged 92 the first eight rounds and then 69 the last nine. And once he was the only one to, to you know, be the, the focal point. So I think when you have a, a key forward and a few other people around there and Heaney, he's going to be able to just run around and do what he likes and he could be a nice little option for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's pretty much uh, – oh, I'll, I'll touch a little bit on Nick Blakey, mainly because Cormac loves Nick Blakey. So he's obviously moved to a wing. He was you know, picked up as a midfielder in their draft. The biggest problem I find with Nick Blakey is he's not – I've never seen him accumulate the ball. So even though he's going to be getting this role on the wing, is he going to be able to get enough ball? Because what we do know about wingers is that because they're so uncontested, they need high possession numbers to average well. Now, he's a forward – and I think he's about 310K. So there's a chance that some people are taking him as a mid-pricer. I, for one, am a big no on the Nick Blakey front. I can't see it and I'm happy fading that and being like, well, I got that one wrong. Yep. Not only that, people are trying to, and I think he does have talent, but people are trying, he to, does, off, yeah. people are trying to offload him in keeper leagues as well, which is kind of smart because next year you're going to get a guy who's a mid-only averaging you 80 flat. Yeah. Not as desirable. So now nope. you need to look at even – I spoke about this today with some guys like Harms. I'm interested in Harms this year oh, in a I keeper like, league. I love Harms. But he's a one-year special because next year he'll average you no, – he'll be a 95 averaging midfielder and he's no good to me. Then you're literally just going to ship yeah. him off to the waiver wire. Yeah, so he's a good one to get rid of now. Same thing as you're looking at Blakey. Yeah, if he's going to be a midfielder only next year. Or even Mills is going to be a mid a mid He will next be year, a mid pre- Yep. You know? And But you look at it, so you look at um, – and he'll be in our previous podcast. He would have been, uh, oh, I can't even think of his name, uh, pick after Bontempelli. Oh, um, Dunkley? What? Uh, no. Pick after Bontempelli? Yeah, the actual year. Oh, mate, you're really throwing out a fucking random. It's not man. even random. How the hell am I supposed it's to remember who was easiest, picked after Bontempelli? One of the billings. There you go. I didn't even have to get to the spreadsheet. Oh, I was Jesus. just too late. How do you not even know these things? I, yeah, I mean, cool. Give me a list of like that draft year, mate. They're all the same. Same, same. Same, same. Wow. Same, same. You're meant to be there to support me, Chris. I'm supporting you, but I don't like Jack Billings is so forgettable these days. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, okay, so final note. So Billings, great as a forward, but he's averaging you, what, 96 as a midfielder. It's not going to cut it. No. These guys, um, unless they play in that role that's beneficial to Supercoach, like a forward defender, et cetera, they're just clogging up a spot and then no one wants them. They lose all trade value. So you're looking at guys who have their role set mm-hmm. because you know they're going to stay in defense, they're going to stay in the forward line, they're going to stay in the ruck, et cetera, and they're worth money that way. I've actually thought about this frequently. This is what I do late at night. I think about Supercoach and how it can be improved. I don't. I would love Supercoach to actually add a new position on the wing. So you have midfielders and like so you have inside mids and wingers and they're two separate divisions, it would mean that there's this entire other section of midfielders that would actually be now useful because there are players that play exclusively wing and maybe to get a, a wing uh, position, you need to have a very high – maybe it's 80% wing time or something like that. I, maybe, I don't know what the answer is. but Maybe they get an, an cool. SC bonus for the amount of kilometres they run. Well, think of the amount of Isaac, uh, teams Isaac Smith would have been in over the years, you know, <laughs> you know? or Andrew Gaff. How many times is you know, he just averaged a flat hundred playing on a wings? Awesome player, terrible at super coach for so many years. I think he had the what one good year where he played inside and gone really well. Or Lockie Hunter before he proved us wrong. 
Damn you, Hunter. Atkins again, another one. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, for me, just keep an eye cool. on that. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. That does wrap us out. There's a lot of other midfielders who they're not really that, uh, you know, draft, you might as well just, you can pick them up, I guess. Florence, Clark, Robottom, Cunningham. There's so many. They're midfielders McEnany, though. he played a right a little bit. Yeah, but they're midfielders. There's yeah, so yeah. many midfielders that are just kind of eh. There, yeah. I really like Florent. I've, I've been on him for a long time. I've got him in a couple of keeper leagues. He's I don't a mind jet, him. but. I actually don't mind Robottom as well. Third year this year, he had three 90s and 200s. And I think Hewitt's the one for me. If he comes back into that yeah. team. Where's he at? He'll go under the radar. Him. Yeah. Waiver wire special. All yeah, right. That wraps us up. And uh, look, I hope you have enjoyed that. It got a little bit off off task at we the did, end there when did. Chris couldn't even remember fucking Billings, you muppet. Um, He's forgettable. He is. So look, thank you very much. <laughs> We're getting close to the rounding out on this part. We have the, was it West Coast and then the Bulldogs to round us up. So we we're nearly did. there. Thanks, guys. That wraps us up. Catch you later, guys. Alrighty, bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles carry